This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Um, I'm getting all kinds of reports here that it's imminent that uh, Donald Trump, they're really going to do it, huh, again? All right, you guys never learn your lessons, but uh, they're going to uh, indict possibly today and arraign them possibly tomorrow. Uh, this is all over the place. People are moving into position to cover this thing. This is a total atrocity, travesty, atrocity, sham, whatever you want. This against President Trump, right, over this silly document stuff. I tell you, if Joe Biden had any any integrity uh, at all, one ounce of it, he could put a stop to this. If he, gosh, instead he, ref- he, he he just lied to us and to God. He lied to us and to God the very first moment he became president of the United States. Another sham, by the way. Cut 19, please. Cut 19. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this. Bringing America together, uniting our people. Uniting our nation. Didn't mean a damn word of it. Didn't mean it. Didn't mean anything. Just words. It sounded good in the moment. That's what he does. Situational ethics. Oh, this sounds great. I'll say it now. You know what he could have done? He could have said, hey, big tech, leave conservatives alone. No more shadow banning. How about this? Let's call off the impeachment of Trump. All right. Let's just stop that right now. And to any of the January Sixers who are in jail and they didn't break anything or hurt anybody, let them go. That would have been unifying the country. Oh, man, it would have been. And he right now is the head of state. He is the head of this government. The Department of Justice works for him. And if he, as the president of the United States, decided, you know what, this is a this is obviously a political witch hunt back off. He's my political opponent. This at this point, he's running for uh, president. He's the number one guy on the Republican side. And my own Justice Department is about to arrest him. He could say, obviously, that's a really bad look at the very least. In addition, is a total shit. But. He could he could bring this to a close if he decided to actually honor his promise to us and to God that his whole soul was in it, uniting this country. Instead, they want to lock up the most popular political figure in America right now. He is the most popular politically. He's far more popular than Joe Biden. No, no Democrats want him to run. Donald Trump is the number one Republican in the world right now. Uh <laughs> That would unify this country. Instead, he's going to have them locked up. Do you remember what they did to uh, Donald Trump? He just mused momentarily with President Zelensky. Hey, you know, I saw Joe Biden on TV kind of boasting about uh, shutting you guys down. Maybe you should look into that. That was a totally fair and reasonable thing. I just, it's really, you know, part of me, the Alvin Bragg thing was obviously ludicrous. You know, bookkeeping, calling something a uh, legal services when it was... uh, a settlement. It was just, it's, it's laughable. They know it, but it was, and it's the state. It's not the federal government. It gets a lot more serious when the feds are involved. And there's, they're throwing around the word espionage that they're going to try to get them on the espionage act. I mean, 
remember that old phrase, you don't have to make a federal case out of it. What, what, what is a federal case? It's when it's unnecessarily complicated, right? And they make a big deal, a mountain out of a molehill. That's what they're doing right now. This could really happen. Um, so I'm, I'm totally dismayed. I have faith that Trump will prevail. And remember, you know what? No one is, no one has highlighted this, this part that the whole damn thing is a setup. And what you have to do is look at, uh, what the National Archives did with previous presidents when they left office. Uh, when a previous president left office, they made arrangements to get them a warehouse where they could set up everything. Let me see here. Where do we have that? Do you guys cut that for me yet? The, uh, yeah, listen to this. This is, uh, Tim Politor. This is the most important point about this whole document situation. Ready? Cut 34. The negotiation is over the next two years after any president leaves office, they're supposed to go through all of the records Mm -hmm. and they're supposed to separate out what is personal, what is presidential, right? Personal, they get to keep all presidential records end up at the National Archives headquarters in D.C. This ordinarily happens where NARA gets a facility in the town where the president has moved to. Uh, So in Chicago for Obama, down in Texas for the uh, the Bushes, Mm -hmm. and all of them are held in that facility. Here, what NARA did instead is they chose not to get a facility like that. They had GSA move everything to his house, mm-hmm. and then were asking him to immediately send everything from his house back up to D.C., where he wouldn't be able to go through them yeah. as convenient. As conveniently. Why would they do that? To set him up. And we looked it up. They did it for Obama. They got a nice big warehouse, a former furniture factory, where there are all kinds of classified documents, furniture store uh, outside of Chicago. Nice and convenient for Barack Obama. They did it in Louisville, Texas, um, not too far from Dallas for George W. Bush. Uh, they got a nice big warehouse to put all the stuff. And then they got a uh, another facility for Bill Clinton on, at some strip mall in Little Rock, Arkansas. This is what they do for presidents, former presidents, but they didn't do it for Trump. They were playing a game. The, 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 the Get Trump campaign continued. It started... The night he won the election, actually beforehand, if you count the uh, crossfire hurricane stuff from the FBI, we could know more by the end of the show. All right. We're standing by. Um, yeah, I'm really glad that there are <laughs> there's Alan Dershowitz out there. There's Rudy Giuliani, that there are some heavyweights. But and we've got the people on our side. But right now, the Democrats control the levers of power in America. They control the government. They control corporate Life. They control corporate America. They control the media, academia. They control our culture right now. And they can do outrageous thing after outrageous thing after outrageous thing. And I'm reduced to just complaining about it. It, It's really starting to bother me, to be honest. It's really getting on my nerves. What else can I do? What else can we do? I've already made a couple of small suggestions. You can write letters. Yes, you can get out and protest lawfully, legally, but that's still our constitutional right. You know, they try to spook people after January 6th. I keep hearing, January 6th can never happen again. It can never happen again. Well, I don't want it to happen again. All right? How about putting more police guards? All right? You put one. You put one in front of the Capitol. The most critical way to get into the Capitol, they had one cop there. But when they talk like that, this can never happen again. It's really ominous. And it sends the message like, you can't talk about the election again. You can't talk about opposing the electoral count again. You can't talk about your concerns about the fairness of the election again, because it could possibly conceivably lead to somebody uh, throwing a rock in a window. 
yet we can hype the hell out of police brutality because, uh, well, I mean, Black Lives Matter summer, that was beautiful and glorious, right? And it enhanced Democrat power. And it enhanced their status. It enhanced money for Ben Crump and Al Sharpton and all those liberal wacko causes. So talk that up. It's putting our society in a free fall, oh, by the way. So you can, oh, and something else I've heard, and it's very, very ominous when Liz Cheney comes out and others. Donald Trump can never become within a stone's throw of the presidency. He can never be president again. He can never, ever be president again. Well, what happens if he gets more votes? He can never be president again. Like, they're going to take him out. They will not allow it. Now, this is a democracy, right? This is up to the people, right? Wrong. It is. Are your eyes open right now to the kind of world we're living in? My God. Hey, something else. And I could, quite frankly, before I was in the military, I got to fire every gun we have. And I did it at work. So it wasn't really a big passion of mine. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I wasn't a I wasn't a gun enthusiast. I didn't uh, go out on weekends. I was never a hunter. And, you know, since I had access to guns at work, I really wasn't that anxious to have access to guns at home <laughs> or anywhere else. I thought the professionals should have the guns and everybody else. Well, well, I have awoke. I've been awakened big time from that stupor. The Second Amendment just might be my favorite amendment. And I was reminded of that big time this morning. Did you see what happened in France and that madman with a knife chopping up babies in a playground? Did you see that? Interestingly, it's not getting all that much coverage, but a Syrian immigrant seeking asylum in France grabbed a knife and stabbed babies and the elderly in a playground. And the French, gosh, you know, a lot of things I like about French, but sometimes some of those, well, they just kind of stood around and watched. I saw joggers go by. <laughs> some guy with a backpack seemed to be part of the team. And then I realized, oh, he's just kind of following the guy around. He's trying to stop him, but not really. Look, I thought the, the, the response, somebody should have tackled this guy. The police finally did many minutes later. Uh, when you got a guy rampaging with a knife, well, it would have been nice to have some armed civilians around. You know, they the police are usually just minutes away, but sometimes seconds count. Anyway, I can't say like, oh, I hear this a lot. I'm seeing this a lot. You know, the French, yeah, they gave up just like uh, World War II. Well, hold on a second. I don't know. I, I'm i very fond of the France, uh, the French and the and French people and, and France. It's a beautiful place. Um, in fact, my parents are there right now. Uh, they're, they're there right now, safely away. They're in Paris. But it does. Um, oh, I mean, look at what has, we've seen. You remember those cops in Uvalde just standing around? Right. How about that school security officer who just kind of waited for others to arrive back up when Parkland High School was being shot up? We've seen this in our own country. I I think it has a lot to do with the with the cell phone and and that we're all kind of checked out and every on the cell phone we're always waiting for somebody else to do something somebody else always going to be somebody else's thing hey i saw mike pence on tv last night at the town hall meeting man here's the here's the problem with these guys they're not accustomed to working in front of people they don't do big rallies very often it's for pence it's been years so he's got all those people and they're staring at him and he was like nervous he was nervous he said uh, what are you going to do about uh, stopping violence in cities? 
about eight seconds later said, well, uh, I, I, I can tell you this much. I'm not for defunding the police. And like a lame round of applause. Um, let's see here. Uh, cut 20, please. Cut 20. I believe that anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put them over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. Wow, Mike Pence standing up to uh, Donald Trump. That's who he's talking about, right? He didn't ask him to stand up against the Constitution. We actually said you should exercise the Constitution. And no, by the way, Mike Pence, good people can disagree about what the Constitution means, what it says. We have five to four decisions all the time. Very smart, brilliant people in that Supreme Court, right? You go up, you argue cases. You go up. Each side thinks that they're actually supporting the Constitution. But... You know, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Five to four decisions. This judge agrees with you. That judge doesn't agree with you. Donald Trump did not agree with you. A lot of judges would disagree with you. But instead, we didn't listen to any of the Supreme Court judges. Justices never made it to the Supreme Court. We asked one tired, broken down, former lawyer for an airplane company what he thought. Judge Ludig. Anyway, just remember this about January 6th. This whole damn thing could have been shut down by him. It could have been shut down. Let's see here. This is uh, this is two days before January 6th. Mike Pence at a rally in Atlanta. Cut 22. I know we all we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. Wow. Sounds like he's really, uh, but it was, I sensed at the time, he's choosing his words very carefully. You know, he wants us to like him, but he really planned to do absolutely nothing at all, as we thought it was his constitutional obligation and uh, right as vice president. But here he is on the way to uh, the Capitol on January 6th. This is in his book, and he's... Um, Talking to his daughter and listen to this. Cut 23, please. Cut 23. Mike Pence on January 6th on his way to the Capitol. Cut 23. As our motorcade arrived at the east front of the Capitol, I saw thousands of protesters standing peacefully on the east lawn, just past a rope line opposite the entrance of the Senate. My heart went out to them. I felt compassion for all the good people who had come to our nation's capital, having been told that the outcome of the election could be changed. They were cheering as our Suburban wheeled into the carriage entrance beneath the Senate steps. I turned to my daughter and said with a sigh, God bless those people. They're going to be so disappointed. Well, why did you just tell your daughter you could have told the whole world on January 4th? Instead, you were playing a game with us, a political game. You could have prevented this whole damn thing. You are finished, Mike Pence. Absolutely finished before you even started. Be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly 
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, think about it this way. Um, Joe Biden has been a candidate for president, Benny Johnson points out, has been running for president for re-election for two months. In that time, he's had zero campaign rallies, zero events with running mate, fell on face, blamed a sandbag, and it looks like he has indicted political opponents on fake charges. Joe Biden is not a real presidential candidate. Then who is? What's going to happen? I still say Michelle Obama is going to emerge at some point. This is fascinating from just the news. Um, you heard about uh, John Solomon, great reporter, plainclothes cops at Capitol during January 6th riot, one on video, exhorting crowd, key lawmaker says. The Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. has confirmed to Congress that it had plainclothes officers at the Capitol during the January 6th riot and that at least one was captured on video exhorting the crowd. A key House investigator just told just the news. Congressman Barry Loudermilk, a Republican of Georgia, the chairman of the House Administration Subcommittee on Oversight, said in a wide-ranging interview Wednesday night that MPD body cam video that leaked uh, onto the video platform Rumble is authentic and confirms the officers in plain clothes were at the riot. We know that it is one of their officers, and at one point he is encouraging, and it appears encouraging. He's definitely helping people climb the scaffolding, and he's telling them, go, go, go. I know people who went to jail for that, for saying go, go, go on January 6th. They went to jail for that. Ladder milk, uh, uh, to, reported this to Just the News. Why is an officer encouraging people to climb the scaffolding and go into the Capitol? And secondly, why did the Metropolitan Police Department support department uh, d- decide to put undercover officers in the crowd? Was there intelligence that they had that was or was not passed on to the Capitol Police? And what did the Capitol Police do with that evidence if they got it? By the way, how many FBI agents were there? Huh? How many confidential human sources were there? How many... Confidential human sources and or FBI agents were inside the Capitol on January 6th, waiting for the Capitol to be breached, dressed as uh, Trump supporters wearing MAGA stuff. Did you know that Christopher Ray will not deny that? He was asked point blank, did you have FBI personnel inside the Capitol on January 6th waiting for people to arrive there? And were they dressed as Trump supporters? He refused to answer the question under the phony baloney excuse that doing so would give away sources and methods. Entire TV shows have been dedicated to uh, the sources and methods of the FBI. All right, unfortunately, here we are again, indictment watch. When was the last time they indicted Trump? Was it April? And, uh, you know, he keeps on winning. It's going to be fine. It's going to be wild, but it's going to be fine. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, so I just got this video. I'm reviewing it now. I'm only two minutes in, but it's fascinating. 
It's body cam footage from a metropolitan police officer, MPD, that's Washington, D.C., Metro Police, local police. And um, it appears as though he's in plain clothes. And I've got five minutes to go, but the first two minutes are pretty fascinating. This is January 6th. Now, it's before the real intense stuff is going on, and he's walking up. He's approaching the Capitol. And he says a couple of key things that are, well, I would say very, very relevant. If you said some of this stuff uh, on January 7th, you were liable to get canceled. All right, so again, this is Metro PD body cam footage provided to Congressman Loudermilk, uh, Republican of, I think he's from Colorado. Uh, anyway, go ahead, hit it. Hey, how hot? I can't see where they're like where the police lines are. It is. Yo, keep your eyes open for Antifa. We, we, we will. We are. That's why we're here. Stop. That's why we're here. You hear that? You hear that? Stop for one second. He said, keep your eyes out for Antifa. And he goes, we will. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Now, we all know Antifa was there, but there was a time. And actually, still, people get very upset, bent out of shape when you say Antifa had any role in January 6th. Well, they did. And they were observed, a bunch of uh, Antifa changing into and out of MAGA gear. Huh. All right, keep going here. Police lines are. You got to take it from the top again? Yo, keep your eyes open for Antifa. We, we, we will. We are. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. What do you think? Keep your eyes for Antifa. They're all over here. So that's why we're here. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Now stop for a second. You hear the chant, drain the swamp? The police officer, that's coming from him. He joins in the chant, drain the swamp. So what's his role there exactly? You know, if I go to a riot and I start engaging in uh, various chants and things like that, am I, well, helping to incite the riot, helping to keep it going? Because a lot of us feel, actually, a lot of us know that that's what kind of went down. All right. This is fascinating stuff. I want to stop it there because there's a, a bunch of foot. I have to review it first, but this is uh, this is amazing. Now, we're standing by for, <laughs> he really should quit having press conferences, although he doesn't have real press conferences. Joe Biden will be. Appearing jointly with the UK Prime Minister, very sharp guy, uh, Khan, I think his name is. Really, uh, he's impressive. Looks the part, sounds the part, <clears throat> and uh, this is embarrassing. He's sitting there in the Oval Office with Joe Biden, and Joe Biden starts telling some story, but he forgets the point of his story, and he's all over the place, and he can't figure out the name of Winston Churchill. And listen to how the Prime Minister steps in. Okay, you ready for this, uh, Diego? The next clip, please, if you don't mind. Uh, this is from the White House just a few moments ago. Go ahead. Thank you. Providing local support to those living with... Uh, that sounds like a commercial to me. Let's go with uh, the clip from uh, the the Oval Office uh, about an hour ago. Go ahead. If we had time, I'd take you over to the residence where I live. And when you were over at Blair House, uh, the, uh, President Truman was there because... They were redoing the White House. He put a whole the, the Truman balcony exists now because of Blair House being built. That, that, that second balcony you see, the first balcony you see going up. So, at any rate, uh, and there's an awful lot of stories that are told, but probably a bunch apocryphal about uh, um, uh, the former prime minister 
like you take baths of the, anyway. Wandering so around at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, Winston Churchill bothering, uh, bothering Mrs. Roosevelt. Yes. So you, you won't, don't worry, you won't see me there. Uh, it's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, actually. And, um, you see how Joe couldn't, he called, he couldn't think of Winston Churchill's name and he called him the former prime minister. Well, I would say that's the late, great Winston Churchill, right? You don't say former prime minister when the guy's been dead 70 years, but anyway, um, uh, good save by prime minister Rishi Sunak. You have to do that when it's, you have to do that when they're talking about your country's most uh, revered person and, uh, and Joe Biden can't finish the sentence. Uh, Mike in upstate, what's up? Hey, Greg, uh, I want to comment on Mike Pence's uh, pontification, um, if you will, uh, regarding the Constitution. It it just convinced me even more and more that a second term uh, of Donald Trump is the only thing that's going to save us from this descent into third world status. I I just, you know... uh, yeah, I know, because everybody else is in on it. Everybody else seems somehow um, content with this. Another giveaway was Chris Christie yesterday. He said, I just want to be the steward to make this country a little bit greater. The country has to be saved. I'm not talking about anything making a little bit. We have to save this country. What else about, you mentioned Pence. You know, Pence uh, would not say, he doesn't think that the January Sixers need to be pardoned. I would say 98% of them need to be pardoned. Ninety-eight percent of them did not hurt anybody, did not break anything, including and especially the horns guy. Yeah, Jacob Chansley, him, the so-called face of the insurrection. That guy who was escorted, facilitated, <laughs> is is um, maneuvering around the Capitol. Remember that? This is one of the. I think this is the real reason why uh, Tucker got the axo. By the way, hey, you see what's happening with Tucker? He's all over the place. My gosh, what is that up to? How many people are in America? More people have watched Tucker's TV show on Twitter than there are in America. Mike, thank you. Saul in Garden City, yeah. Hey, Greg. Greg, how are you, Greg? Um, Listen, I was listening to Bernie and Sid this morning, actually. You know, I told you this a long time ago. I don't need the updates from what the other shows are doing here, but okay. So what happened? Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. I mean, you, 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 we've done this before. You call and you complain about what some other host said. They can say whatever they want. That's the point. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to be able to help you with this, uh, Saul. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, no. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, what? It puts me in an awkward spot because you usually call and you you complain about Sid. I see Sid in the hallway. I know Sid complains about me on air. That's not what I do, but I know that some people do that. That's fine, but I don't do that. Although I guess I kind of well. Well, Sid, I'm, I mean, saw like I'm a little bit on the fence about it to be honest, because you know I I just don't care. They're it's a talk show. They're allowed to say stuff. You're allowed to disagree with them. You don't call me up to tell me about your beef with a previous show or another show. There are plenty of good shows here. You're not going to agree with everybody all the time. So, um, all right, so what? I I understand that he had Judge Napolitano. Oh, for God's sake, so what? I don't care. What do you want to do, cancel the guy? Judge Napolitano. Judge Napolitano is a smart guy. Sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't. 
But he said that Trump is going to jail. All right, I, I understand. So what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do about that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm CNN. They're saying that all day, night and day. So some guy snuck on the radio and said it here. Judge Nabalatano is banned from WABC. It doesn't work that way, man. It just, yeah, uh, well, it does, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. You, you know, this is the 80th time you called up with a complaint about some other show. For all I know, you're calling the other shows and complaining about my show. Actually, Saul, I know you don't do that. And I appreciate that. Hey, you know what Chris Christie is in addition to, um, <clears throat> all the other deficiencies? And you know what? I think it is actually okay to talk about his weight. I do. Um, if you put yourself forward to be the president of the United States, you got to think you're pretty hot stuff. You know, you're pretty hot stuff. You got it all going on. Does Chris Christie have it all going on? I take one look at him. I mean, I know it's cliche. You could say it's a little bit juvenile, but if he can't manage himself, he can't manage the country. All right. I know he can't. He can't. And the, this performance the other day on that, uh, this is this. There are so many obnoxious things, but I boiled it down to two. Where is this thing uh, where he talks about being a great man? Um, where is that part? Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Cut 32, please. Cut 32. What got me out of bed every day was that in public leadership in this country, you have a chance to do something great every day. You give men like me a chance to do something great every day. Is that how you look at politics? It's really kind of a self-centered way to look at things, don't you think? You give men like me the chance for greatness. Get over yourself. That's not really the way it works. And if you think it does, uh, I, I wouldn't say that out loud. Let's see. Oh, his big critique about life in America today. Who is this guy to be pontificating about history and about us and about culture? Um, here he goes. Cut 28 about, and he's getting at Trump here, right? Because, uh, uh, listen to this. Cut 28. Donald Trump made us smaller by dividing us even further and pitting one group against another, different groups pitted against different groups every day. Um, That's not how he governed, actually. That's not how he governed. If anybody thinks that's how he governed, well, you're you're kind of confusing things. The mainstream media, uh, the FBI, uh, Congress, the IRS, everybody attacking him. They're the ones who made it small. You want to know what Donald Trump's agenda was? Watch the July 4th, 2020 Mount Rushmore speech. You tell me if that seems small to you. And he says, oh, we talk down to each other. We talk small to each other. This is uh, this is pretty rich coming from uh, Chris. huh? Cut 29. This is Governor Christie, the Governor Christie we all got to know. Cut 29. You must be the thinnest-skinned guy in America, because you think that's a confrontational tone, then, you know, you should really see me when I'm pissed. You have numbnuts like Reeve Gashura, who put out a statement, you know, comparing me to George Wallace and Lester Maddox. And let me tell you something. After you graduate from law school, you conduct yourself like that in the courtroom, your rear end's going to get thrown in jail, idiot. She should really be embarrassed. And what a jerk she is. So listen, you want to have the conversation later? I'm happy to have it, buddy. But until that time, sit down and shut up. <laughs> this is the guy lecturing us about civility, right? <laughs> he just uh, And uh, here's something else. He was kept on talking about George Washington and uh, 
you know, the Civil War and Lincoln and these great men. And he's making all kinds of mistakes. He's getting decades wrong. He's getting uh, ideas wrong. He's missing the point. He's just wrong, 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 wrong. And then finally I said, okay, stop right there. I mean, I'm no Civil War buff, but I know a fair amount about it. And then... uh then he starts talking about the space program, NASA, and I know a lot about the space program. And then when he started blowing that, well, um, let's see here. Uh, cut 30, please. John Kennedy stood at a speech and said, with absolutely nothing to base it on other than his belief in us, that we're going to the moon. And we're going to the moon before the end of the decade. We didn't have a rocket. We didn't even know what an astronaut was. I'm confident he didn't. So how could he possibly have been so audacious to do it? He was that audacious because he was an American leader. No, the space race had already started. Three weeks before John F. Kennedy made that pledge to get to the moon by the end of the decade, three weeks prior, Alan Shepard became the first American in space. The space race was on. We already had a plan. We we knew what astronauts were. Astronauts were a household name famous by the time Kennedy gave this speech three weeks after Alan Shepard became the first man in space. Cut 31. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. See? Three weeks prior to that, we had already put a man in space. We knew exactly what an astronaut was. We knew all about that stuff. And I, um, I just to stand there and walk that room and be all sloppy and weird and full of himself and wagging his finger at everybody and getting stuff wrong. And what's his big dream here? His big dream for America. Yeah, this is it. Cut 30, cut 30, uh, no, cut 33, cut 33. And that any of us who get the opportunity to serve are merely temporary stewards of that greatness who just want an opportunity to make it a little bit greater. Make it a little bit greater. Is that what we need right now in America? Just make America a little bit greater? No. We have to save this country. We're very close to losing it. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's a lot of these um, local police departments around the country, you know, they're Democrat mayors making them go through all these uh, silly woke hoops. And um, there's one in, gosh, it's, it's, what did they do without pride? Everything about everything about uh, San Francisco right now. Uh, from the police to the uh, water department is all about pride. What about stopping crime? Uh, that's the place. So, by the way, they have had a horrible, horrible crime. And that used to be a beautiful city. And everybody seems to agree. Even the tech bros are like, uh, we have to get out of San Francisco. This is such an ugly place with people shooting up all over the place and right there in the street. But now it's just, oh, gosh, celebrate who the hell you want to sleep with. It doesn't matter. And this is not a big deal anymore. This is not edgy. This is not interesting. That's what I would say also to the, um, and I, <laughs> believe it or not, 
I know a person or two who actually likes to dress up in uh, women's clothes, even though they're a biological male and they've been doing it for a long time. And they were like, you know, back in the day, this was interesting. It was edgy. You'd have to do it late at night downtown at like, you know, two in the morning at some illegal club in uh, in Greenwich Village or maybe not illegal. And maybe that was a little bit too much. But there was a documentary about this called Paris is Burning. And it was, you know, it was a lifestyle and it was uh, not, not, not a lifestyle, but it was like a it was a niche thing. And it was kind of edgy and it was kind of, you know, borderline a little bit dangerous. And I mean, that I think kind of made it fun. And now that it's. Now that it's everywhere, I think it's it's for the true drag queens out there. And oh, by the way, I have no problem with any adult who wants to dress that way and do whatever the hell they want. It's fine. It's a free country. But to actually somehow come up with a rationale for showing up in schools and reading books, I already told you, I don't, I'm not qualified to show up in schools and read books to the kids. I mean, unless it's my own child, I don't want to go to school and just hang around children. I just don't. I, that's not, not appropriate. Children that are not mine, I don't think that's... Uh, that's a right thing unless, I mean, it's, unless it's tightly supervised and there's a curriculum and it's all about, but I don't want to bring whatever help my, my, my stuff is to the kids. It's, it's just so strange, right? And, uh, even those who are really into this stuff are like, you know what? I don't think we signed up for this either. Gays against groomers. You got to find those people on, uh, online. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. You never know who your allies are going to be. In fact, I have a new ally in this struggle. Are we ready with the Tyrese video? All right. Unfortunately, he curses his head off during this thing. But Tyrese is an interesting character. I met him many years ago. I did not like him. I found him kind of uh, arrogant and nasty. Um, he probably didn't like me. It doesn't matter. Every town and then you meet people, you don't like him. He's a very talented singer, though. And he's also in the Fast and Furious movies. And he went on some radio show and he's like, excuse me, bud, since when... Did Hollywood decide to make nice with the devil? You know, we, they are promoting the devil and too many people are treating Jesus like he's, uh, you know, a good luck charm or, you know, a rabbit's foot or something like that instead of master of the universe and our only, our, our only savior really. And anyway, Tyrese, uh, turned a lot of heads with these comments. And we'll have that in just a little bit. All right, let's just see. No Trump indictment yet. We want to keep it that way, but I really fear that this is about to explode. We have Tyrese ready? All right, what the hell? Hit it, Tyrese. As much as I'm supposed to be promoting this movie and talking about my album, I just feel like we're in competition right now because they are trying to normalize the devil. They are trying to populate. The devil is, is on the main stage at award shows and in every video and yeah, signs and symbols. And I said, you know what? We need to stop treating our relationship with Jesus like the little buddy that you talk to before you go to bed at night and not be more vocal about all the things that God means to us and all of the things that God has brought us through. Because there's been a lot of moments that you didn't post about. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, how did God decide to get yeah. me through this? Yeah, man. And, yeah, they going above and beyond to pro- promote the devil. And it's pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Because they, they used to, devil worshipers used to be real secretive. Oh, like yeah. Going down in the basement, this yeah, secret man. world. Now they just Now like, they on the ah. device, too. All right, Tyrese, good for you. And with that, it is true when we feel our faith is under attack, that's when a lot of us stand up and say, hey, stop pushing us around, stop pushing the faith around. 
But when it's not under siege, we can take it for granted. We can kind of blow it off. We can go about our lives or whatever. The moment somebody messes with it, that gets our attention. And that's good. But what about when they're not going for it? What about when they're not hassling us? Which happens? Uh, those are the times, I think. And I'm so glad I took advantage of the past couple of years to go deeper. Not as deep as a lot of people, but a lot deeper than I had been. It is the ultimate, ultimate uh, stress reliever and the key to everything. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Uh, TikTok, run by uh, some, basically the Chinese Communist Party, right? Don't they have a real heavy role in monitoring and creating TikTok and all that content? And, yeah, it's ripping us apart. It is uh, distracting kids, making them want to change their gender, do all kinds of goofy, weird stuff. Meanwhile, they know how addictive this is in China. They limit it, so kids can only be on it for about two hours a day. Here you can be on it uh, as long as you want. Um, the content is highly regulated. I know that's not what we do here. I don't want it regulated, but uh, we got to do something because all the kids in China, they want to be astronauts, okay? They polled all the kids. They all want to be astronauts. What do they want to be in America? They want to be social media influencers. There was a time not too long ago that uh, American kids wanted to be astronauts, wanted to be, uh, what was another thing that they aspired to be? Astronauts was a big one. Uh, firemen, policemen, um, let's see, soldiers maybe. I'm talking about little, 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 little kids. And then you, know, you hit junior high school, I guess everybody wants to invent the next Facebook. But um, uh, China is a much more serious place than we are right now, and they are getting ready for war in a, in a big way. And this TikTok stuff is ripping children apart. It's damaging them so thoroughly. I just watched a video of... A woman in New Orleans, and it seems like her big sin is that she happens to be white and Asian, and a black man is harassing her for five minutes straight, accusing her of gentrification, right? Moving into the neighborhood and uh, driving the poor people out. And what was what, what brought that on? She wanted to have a block party. She got the permits. She got the – and this guy apparently doesn't know what a block party is. And thought it was some sort of uh, racial affront that they had a block party. It wasn't his block. He lived apparently down the block, but whatever. Uh, he didn't. He was he was calling her oh horrible, horrible, horrible things. But I tell you what, she was great. I mean, she stood her ground. She wasn't traumatized. She tried to reason with the guy, but she wasn't like obsequious. She didn't give in. And um, wow, it's like the left. They really do want a race war. They really want us at each other's throats over race. This wasn't the case not too long ago. We all knew how to get along with each other. Social media, you know, so much of it is. If you look it up in the Bible, I think there's something about not coveting things. I should know this by heart. I know you're not supposed to covet thy neighbor's wife, thou neighbor's wife, whatever, right? But you're not supposed to covet other people's possessions, uh, skills, talents, right? You're not supposed to covet. But social media is all about coveting. Because everybody looks at how fabulous everything else seems to be wherever they are not, right? Uh, from those stupid private jets to uh, parties to Ibiza to St. Bart's to uh, whatever the hell it is that they got going on to some 20-year-old uh, skinny guy, girl, you know, the stuff with the bare midriff and all that stuff. You can 
it can really make you kind of uh, frustrated. If you let it, you think, oh, man, I must be doing something wrong. Everybody's having a great time. Everything's perfect where I am not. But that's not the case. Hey, what's up with the smog? I, um, I'm i not really smelling it. I didn't smell much of it, and it's it's sunny outside right now. Is it over? I heard it was really going to be gone by tomorrow. Last night I started the show, and I might because not everybody watches my show lives in New York. And I had video of how orange it was. And I'm like, it came from Canada, and some people at the White House are trying to say this is a sign of climate change. It really is a sign that the Canadians are uh, pretty jerky when it comes to forest management. There are all kinds of things you can do to uh, tamp down on, on forest fires, and they weren't doing any of it. But uh, I did point out that I kind of thought the glow, as I told you guys, the glow is kind of cool. There was something kind of neat about the atmosphere, and um, I mean the atmosphere, the atmosphere, the feel of New York yesterday. And what else did I say? I found the smell kind of pleasant. It's like wood smoke. It wasn't like sulfur burning from some factory. It was like wood smoke. And for me, that's a pleasant, uh, it's a pleasant aroma. And I didn't mind it. And I said that, man, oh man, the left went nuts. Uh, media matters, uh, mediaite, all making, f- not making fun, but just in awe that somebody could say that. How could somebody say such a thing? Well, what do you mean? <sniffs> Smell it. It really wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. All right. Hey, something else as uh, silly as, uh, Pride Month is, there are some serious issues when it comes to, uh, gay people in the world and, uh, that they are being persecuted in countries like Syria. In countries like Iran, in countries like Uganda, there are many places on earth where it is illegal to be gay. And you know who tried to do a lot about it, but the swamp would trip them up. The Trump administration. Uh, listen to this, featuring my friend Rick Grinnell, former director of national intelligence under Trump, former ambassador to Germany under Trump, and who knows, maybe a future secretary of state under Trump. Cut 36, please. President Trump began a historic campaign to decriminalize homosexuality around the globe at the United Nations, where he publicly challenged the 69 countries who make being gay a crime to change their laws. Gays and lesbians can be put to death in nine countries just for being who we are. Isn't that amazing? And I saw it. They were throwing people off the roof in uh, what country was that? Syria. I mean, just horrendous treatment of people. And um, that should not happen. That should not happen. And I think, actually, if you wanted to do something meaningful with Pride Month, and enough with Pride Month, i got to tell you, have you seen Rockefeller Center with all the gay pride flags everywhere you go? I just saw a ceremony where first responders are saluting the gay pride flag. Um, that stuff is nonsense. What Rick Grinnell's talking about is serious. But this crap that will not end <laughs> even when Pride Month is over. Cut 35, cut 35. GMA out loud celebrating Pride all month long. Take a look at our stage wow. managers. Everybody really enjoying it. Here's the thing. Drag Race is such a phenomenon right now. Time now for GMA out loud. Deals and steals of Pride edition. We're highlighting companies owned and operated by members of the LGBTQ plus community. LGBTQ plus community owned and operated by members of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, LGBTQ plus community is like running the world now. Okay. It is, uh, 
I don't care what anybody is, but I'm starting to feel a little bit less than because I'm not LGBTQ plus, right? I mean, it's like this big, fabulous party that you're not invited to. And I, I tell you, you know what? You should see what, what a lot of the LGBTQ plus enthusiasts, and by that I mean this, this, this campaign stuff, the political stuff, have to say about straight white men. My God. And I tell you what, how about nasty comments? I mean, you guys are, quite frankly, a lot of you are, are chauvinists. You're, you're absolute chauvinists, the way you speak about people and their physicality. I mean, it's incredible. You should hear, you should see what they write about me. You know, they, they it's, it's all a D. De- I would never talk about a woman the way you guys talk about me. I mean, the detailed stuff about, you know, my body and this and that. I mean, you guys, uh, you've got a problem. I mean, uh, nobody should talk like that about anybody. In my opinion. Um, all right. What else? So what are we going to do? We're supposed to stay inside because it's all smoggy and smoky out there. Be careful about that. And Trump was warning us during uh, COVID. Everybody laughed at him. Everybody thought he was stupid, but he was right. You stay inside too much with no job. What are you going to do? Drink, 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 smoke pot, maybe get into something a bit more intense. And there's a result. There's a horrible, tragic result. Cut 37. Top three causes of, uh, of new spiking causes of death, drug overdoses, which we talk a lot about. Suicides have gone up 30 percent. Wow. 30 percent. I mean, there's an existential stress going on here. And liver cirrhosis due to alcoholism. Wow. These are all they're called the deaths of despair. We have 300,000 people a year who are dying from deaths of despair. Life expectancy is going down. Opioid epidemic, what they call the doctors call the diseases of despair. Heroin, opioids, suicide, alcoholism. Bernie's right. Yeah, there's a reason why Trump said that Bernie could actually uh, Bernie would have been a tougher opponent uh, than Hillary. <laughs> Actually, Bernie would have been a tougher guy to beat. Um, but he's right, and that stuff is happening. Yet um, those who can actually do something about it, they don't care. They'd rather make money. They would rather make money. You ever see the, uh, you know, I called them out on this a couple of years ago, uh, Hoda and uh, Jenna and all that nonsense about Wines Day. It started with Kathy Lee, quite frankly, who I like, but that whole uh, drinking in the morning routine you know, I used to drink in the morning, quite frankly, on the Good Day Show. And, uh, yeah, that th- th- does not go to a good place. Never should be encouraging anybody to drink, let alone in the morning. And that's what they do. They called it Wines Day, and then Wines Day became every day. And I saw it the other day, watching Hoda and Jenna. They're back at it. Cut 38, please. Cut 38. If you're invited to a barbecue this weekend or you're hosting a backyard get-together, you can't go wrong with a few good bottles of wine. Take a glass of this. This is absolutely delicious. New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc from Villa Maria. Mm. It's got a beautiful flavor. This is his rosé. He has a rosé. Okay. $22 for the box, but again, four bottles. It's 10.25 in the morning when they had this segment. In the morning. Ah, we are one silly Billy country, don't you think? Uh, John in New Jersey, yes. Yeah, how you doing? Um, I think uh, for uh, Chris Christie, if, if if anybody from New Jersey, I'm sure they all remember, he sit there and told everybody they could not go to the beach. But what do you see the next day? You see him sitting with his family on a beach, and that's what people are going to remember. Yeah, uh, that's true. Thing, you know, I mean, the other thing too is is um, you know if if they do if they do um, uh, if they do 
uh, with Trump, uh, with this, uh, you know, this whole court thing. You know, why are why aren't the um, the Republicans doing anything about, you know, Clinton, Obama, you know, and Biden? They all have. As a matter of fact, I think Obama still has tons of of uh, classified documents, supposedly for his uh, museum. Why aren't they doing anything about them? And why aren't the Republicans doing anything about it? Okay, I mean, <laughs> I tell you, just big picture. I want to step back. Um, they're wrong what they're doing to Trump. They are totally wrong. It's criminal how they're treating Trump. And from time to time, I hear this. Well, we should do the same to them. I don't want to. I don't want to become them. I don't want to do that. I would expect a former president of the United States to have some classified documents, uh, probably declassified, but I would expect them to be in places like a warehouse, like the National Archives runs, uh, in suburban Chicago or in suburban Dallas, Texas for George W. Bush or in Little Rock, Arkansas. I would expect these kinds of documents. Look, in America, we used to have differences and then we personalize those differences and then we politicize those differences and now we've criminalized those differences. I don't want to do that. And oh, by the way, even if we wanted to, pal, we can't. We don't run the government. We don't run the institutions. You got barely the majority in the House of the uh, Representatives. Barely. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. We don't have all these government agencies. Even when a Republican is in charge, we don't have. So don't fool yourself. There's only there's not much we could do anyway. And I'm not even sure we should do that kind of stuff. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But we have a prime example of corruption right front and center. Joe Biden. We must, we must pursue him. That man belongs in jail. Absolutely. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, Welcome back. I just saw a pretty wild news report from Las Vegas, and it's a regular news show. It's not like, um, you know, some sort of public access thing. It's uh, Channel 8 in Las Vegas, and they show what appears to be, I mean, you've been hearing about this a lot, but a UFO uh, doing a flyby in a Las Vegas neighborhood. Um, and then they have these witness, the cops are there and the cops have it on body cam and they're taking it very seriously. What is that? What is that? What is that? And just about the same time they get a call, uh, from some people who claim that there's some 10 foot figure standing next to a great big ball of light in the backyard. And that big figure is just looking at them and it's got great big eyes and it sounds ludicrous. But it may not be so ludicrous anymore. This is the CBS affiliate in Las Vegas. And I just, I just watched it. I've not seen, it's a great big greenish ball of light, like a hundred feet in the air, just sitting there with no, with no noise. All right. We got this all queued up. This is CBS eight in Las Vegas. Go ahead. It's almost midnight on May 1st when a Las Vegas Metro Police officer's body cam catches this, something flashing low in the sky. 911 emergency. Minutes later. There's a, there's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Someone calls 911 reporting two large figures in their backyard. Uh, I'm so nervous right now. The 8 News Now investigators obtaining another officer's video as he's sent to the Northwest Valley home. I have butterflies, bro. 
Everyone thought a shooting star, then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. By now, it's more than an hour after that bright light, officers meeting up with the caller and his family. What'd you see? It was like a... It was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long tasty top. I'm not going to BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky, too, so that's yes. why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or? They see like a big, that's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. What I saw right now, I do believe in it. Police walk into the backyard to investigate, but Metro blacked out that part of the video because it's considered private property. What's clear? They're taking this call seriously. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question. But did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Asking others what they yes. saw. Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too, only reason I'm actually investigating it further. That investigation turning up no concrete answers as of Wednesday. Whatever or whoever fell into that yard, long gone within minutes. Oh, hey. Wow. Um, you know who we got to get on this uh John Katsimatidis. Nobody knows uh, UFO phenomena like John Katsimatidis. Uh, there does seem to be something up. It seems to be kind of coming to a certain culmination point. The government put out some information. Um, we keep seeing these strange, inexplicable uh, videos, often from the United States Navy. I've never seen something quite like that, where you have it on tape. You can see these mysterious lights and you see law enforcement. It's on body cam, and you can see law enforcement. You can hear it in their voice. They're taking it seriously. It's one thing if, uh, you know, forgive me, Jethro, you know, uh, you know, on his farm sees something, but you know, in suburban Las Vegas, and you got law enforcement, and they're like, "Huh?" And then they show up at the house, and everybody's like, "Huh?" Together, you, did you see that? Yeah, we saw it too. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, I wonder. I really, really wonder. I once asked Buzz Aldrin, who walked on the moon, figured he'd a good, be a good guy to ask, uh, is there uh, extraterrestrial life? Is there life out there? And he said, probably, but we'll never find out. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Because it's too damn far away. We will never, ever, 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 ever know. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, how, how, how is that? We're going to get there sooner or later. He's like, no. And he explained to me the speed of light, which I knew, but when the way he put it, it's like, think of the fastest rocket that we have right now. I'm like, uh-huh. Okay, let's pretend we can make that rocket go a thousand times faster than it goes right now. I'm like, okay, I can think. Uh, okay, how long do you think it would get take to get to the closest star with planets? And I'm like, I don't know, um, a year? He said 300 years, so we're never going to know. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, Joe Biden is surrounded by reporters right now, and our docile, totally controlled, compliant media sit there and ask him pre-approved question after pre-approved question. Not one damn thing about the laptop. Not one damn thing about the alleged bribery conspiracy that he was involved in when vice president of the United States. Congress is looking at that right now. How does he get away with it? Right now he's up there with... uh the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. Lately, boy, they come and go real quick, huh? We've had a lot of Prime Ministers. Uh, how many have we had over the past five years? Five, six? Want to hear a little bit of this uh, right now? He's standing there with the British Prime Minister. I think he's talking right now. Go ahead. Our engagement and alliances in that region, too, so that the U.S. can count on the U.K. as a partner and an ally, sharing the burden, but also working together in every sphere that it matters. 
And, and on your latter question, I agree with what the president said. It's about deterrence. Uh, president Putin will be thinking that he can wait us out, that the alliance will tire, will get fatigued, and will give up. Now, that is not the case. And the more we can put in place support for Ukraine, not just in the here and now, but support that will last for a time and for years to come, I think it sends a strong signal to him that there is no point trying to wait us out. We're not going anywhere. We will be here for as long as it takes. And hopefully that will speed up the calculation in his mind that he should withdraw his forces and stop what is an illegal and unprovoked act of aggression. Also, if you don't mind my making an addendum, I point out that uh, not only do we have Europe responding, I spent a lot of time in Japan. The Japanese have stepped up. They've stepped up in terms of their budget. They've stepped up in terms of their involvement. They've stepped stepped up in terms of the support for Ukraine, realizing that an advantage, a, a, a glaring invasion with no pretext of anything other than conquering land occurring in the 21st century is a danger not only in Europe but everywhere in the world. The next question uh, from uh, from uh, the PBS News Hour. Oh, brother. Uh, Laura. Oh, God, what's this going to be? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Oh, I think you're going to steal the mic. That's why. They're... <laughs> yeah, Stop flirting with her. Barbara Lopez with the PBS News Hour. All over the country, Mr. President, Republican-led states are passing laws, uh, passing anti-LGBTQ, oh, yeah, anti-transgender laws that oh, restrict terrible people. rights and medical care. Right. Intimidation is on the rise. This week, anti-LGBTQ Kids should take puberty blockers without their parents' permission. And also recently, I spoke to the parents of a transgender girl in Texas. Tell us more. That they're afraid and that they're considering leaving not just their state, but the country. Sir, why do you think this is happening? We are the most. What do you say to parents like the ones that I spoke to, to those families? Let's rearrange the laws of the country to make them feel more woke. Watch the pandering. Prime Minister this is Sunak, be thank big you. Pandering. You mentioned that AI has been a key part of your visit. What are the U.S. and the U.K., what is the U.K. doing with the U.S. to protect elections and democracy from AI-generated disinformation campaigns waged at scale by foreign actors? And you also mentioned the warning letters sent by AI leaders about the potential threat that this technology right, is. Joe's going to go full blast against MAGA Republicans. How is regulating artificial intelligence going to be any different than what has been done at the global scale so far to deal with climate change, huh? another existential threat? Existential threats. Let me answer your first question. Yes. Uh, first of all, maybe quietly when we finish this, you can give me the number of that family. Oh. And I will yeah. call them. Don't pandering. Let I told them know you. that the president and the has, has your has back. back. Yep. No, it- and I mean that. Look, of course uh, you do, you weirdo. As president, I was proud to end the ban on ten transgender troops in our military, sign the Respect for Marriage Act, strengthen the civil rights protections for LBG, LBGT Americans, and advance LGBT human rights around the globe. But our fight is far, far from over because we have some hysterical and, I would argue, prejudice people who are engaged in all what you see going on around And then we have perverts like you who want to hang around kids and touch them inappropriately. And it's an appeal that is totally, thoroughly unjustified and ugly. 
It's wrong for that a person can be married in the morning in the United States and uh, fired in the afternoon by their employer because they are uh, they're gay. Um, it's not happening. It's wrong that the violence and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ people is rising. It's wrong that extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting Something tells me he was children, waiting for this terrifying this question. He's reading from my notes. Doctors. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. Yes, and they should be protected. Cool. All right, enough of this it's old callous. fool. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. Thank you. They're the kids, are, and our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. And the fact is that uh, I'm announcing today a series of new initiatives that we're taking to protect the LGBT community. We're going to do this at the four out on the South Lawn. We're having what? Pride Day. Pride Day! All right, knock yourself out. Gosh almighty, there's some things the government just should not be involved in. You know, promoting this kind of stuff, promoting, what do they call it, gender-affirming care. Maybe a kid is just gay, oh, by the way. There is that. You are born that way, I do believe. And we have this rad- these radical nutjobs telling them, no, you're not gay, you're just the wrong gender. Here are some hormones. Here are some radical, irreversible surgery that has all kinds of crazy side effects that they never tell you about, oh, by the way. Hey, I talked to you about uh, What is a Woman, Matt Walsh's movie. you got to watch it. What is a Woman by Matt Walsh. You can find it on Twitter. you can. You got to do some Googling. It's pretty easy to find on Twitter. It's free. It's about an hour and a half long, and this Matt Walsh goes around the country uh, talking to these radical uh, gender warriors and um, exposes them for the evil, corrupt, ignorant people that they are. And uh, it's just a brilliant film. And although, by the way, he treats folks with compassion. There's this trans male. So I guess it's a biological woman who appears to be male. And this person says straight out all of the horrible things that they've had to go go through. And uh, it's really nice the way Matt handles the whole thing. It's very interesting. It's, quite frankly, very entertaining. And I highly recommend it. What is a woman? Mayor Giuliani joins us, Mr. Mayor. It's uh, it's great to see you. Always a pleasure to be with my favorite journalist. Thank you, sir. Wow. Listen, I uh, I thought of you this morning. I was reading about Pat Robertson. You know, uh, the great uh, televangelist, dead at the age of ninety three. Oh, he's a good friend, very close friend of mine. People didn't know that really. Uh, we became close friends. Believe it or not, sitting together for about eight hours on a trip back from Israel. Of course, I was at that time a really moderate Republican, and I, I sort of got driven where I am by the crazy Democratic Party. Uh, but still, I had basically conservative views, and I had governed as a, as a conservative. Mm. And we started talking, and he said, you know, I could really support you. I never thought I could support a mayor from New York. Wow, what you did in New York, if you ever run for president, call me. Mm. So I did. And he got me down there to the college, and I did a couple of lectures, and Put me through a whole big thing about it, a whole weekend. And then he endorsed me. So that's wild. Now, he ran for president himself. He actually beat George H.W. Bush in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. He came in, uh, he beat him in Iowa. So uh, and the evangelicals, that was like a turning point because, okay, you know, Rudy Giuliani, big city New Yorker, uh, you know, uh, liberal on certain issues. Yep, uh, yep. You know, nobody has a perfect personal life. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. Um, was that a sea change that moment? 
yeah, kind of like was. in politics. Yeah, it was, and it, it, you know, he put the emphasis. We, we, we were still dealing, you know, uh, top of mind with Islamic terrorism, and he felt that the Democratic Party was moving to where Obama was going to move, which is to ignore it. Mm. And he was, he had pretty much predicted Obama. He had pretty much predicted that either Hillary or Obama were going to take us to a sort of accommodating attitude with Iran, accommodating attitude with Islamic terrorism. They wouldn't have the strength to really stand up to them. Plus, he always was a conservative on fiscal issues. And he knew that I would appoint very, very uh, uh, good judges. And the good judges would strictly enforce the Constitution, yeah, which would end up ultimately in what happened. Well, Pat Robertson, dead at the age of 93, uh, changed the world. Yale Law grad and also a Marine combat veteran of Korea and a good friend of Rudy Giuliani. Hey, listen, the word is... That Trump is going to get indicted today, arraigned tomorrow. Outrageous. Is, outrageous. Is, are you, outrageous. Outrageous. We, are, you, are you hearing the same thing? No, I haven't heard that it's going to be today, but pretty much heard that it's a done deal. My God. I mean, it's outrageous when you consider the fact. What a time to do it. We've got a memo from the FBI outstanding, basically saying the president of the United States took a $5 million bribe and never got investigated. And now we got the FBI uh, telling telling them that uh, they concluded the investigation. We got Barr saying it was never concluded. You, you, you know what happened? Actually, you want, you want me to tell you what happened? Yeah. <laughs> they basically uh, slow walked it, like they did everything else about Biden. They never closed the investigation, and they never investigated it. How do you not investigate a reliable informant, their own reliable informant, ultimately ending up with the same information I had and not investigating it? A $5 million bribe to the sitting president, then the sitting vice president? That's outrageous. And we're going to indict this guy for uh, a dispute over documents. It's a dispute over documents, ladies and gentlemen. You know, this Tim LaPolitore, I think his name is. Tim LaPolitore, great lawyer, by the way. Uh, He said something remarkable that's been overlooked, and I hope the team, the defense team, is well aware of this. Let's see here. This is... uh, Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. This is, uh, yeah, cut 34. I want you to listen to this. He's, t- he's explaining the difference between the National Archives, how they handled previous presidents, and how they handled Trump. Cut 34. The negotiation is over the next two years after any president leaves office, they're supposed to go through all of the records, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to separate out what is personal, what is presidential. Right. Personal, they get to keep. All presidential records end up at the National Archives headquarters in D.C., this ordinarily happens where NARA gets a facility in the town where the president has moved to, uh, so in Chicago for Obama, down in Texas for the, uh, the Bushes, mm-hmm. and all of them are held in that facility. Here, what NARA did instead is they chose not to get a facility like that. They had GSA move everything to his house, mm-hmm. and then were asking him to immediately send everything from his house back up to D.C., where he wouldn't be able to go through them yeah. as convenient. Yeah, that's wild. We looked it up. It's true. They got a warehouse in Chicago. 100% true. So this to me screams of a trap. It is. It's a trap and it's a non-criminal matter. If you look at the Presidential Record Act, it has no criminal penalties. But it looks like they're going to up it to espionage. How does espionage? Espionage. Yeah. Now we got the other guy who took documents out, sent them to through Chinatown, put them into an office building with a uh, institute owned by China. Left them out so that a guy that was in business with Chinese spies saw them for about 40 or 50 straight days. And then we end up with his son plagiarizing one of them and sending it to the Chinese communist spy. That's not espionage? (laughs) (laughs) 
Nobody, but, nobody, none of these documents were compromised. This is a no harm, no foul kind of situation. Here's my larger worry about everything. Oh, it's I mean, terrible, Greg. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible, but and here we are. Look, we're on the radio. We've got Newsmax, a little bit Fox News to a lesser extent. They've got everything else, and they keep doing outrageous thing after outrageous thing, from the impeachments to the investigations to now this to the Alvin Bragg stuff. They keep doing it. Yep. We complain, and we do what we can, but they keep doing it because they can, and they control everything and it's like inexorably moving in a direction to take Trump out. And that really, it worries me. It frustrates me. I don't know what the hell to do. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. You know, all we can do is fight back. We make little gains. Uh, we see polls that are good. Uh, but we know we're operating. It's like we're operating with one arm tied behind our back and the other one being pulled behind our back. <laughs> now, one thing, though, we do fight back, but we fight back on their on their playing field like you know okay we debate the merits of this just like we debated the merits of the uh the russia stuff and the ukraine hoax and all the other stuff and january 6th we're always going down their rabbit holes we know the whole thing is is a farce but right. we keep playing meantime in the conservative media space i don't think we sufficiently and newsmax does a great job but they're the exception follow up like the corruption you mentioned of joe biden or the durham report the durham report comes out the Washington Post, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal writes three stories about it. The New York Post writes five stories about it, and then that's it. There's no follow-up. There's no boom, boom, And you boom. know what? You know, you know, Greg, the last two years we could have been developing. The, they're all there. All the material to do this has been there for two or three years. We, we could have been running these stories every single day the way they do. I mean, they ran Russian collusion five million times, <laughs> five million times probably, right? Everywhere yeah. over the world. We should have run Biden takes bribes five million times. And we would have a lot more material. So I mentioned this before. I think off we we got to We got to tackle it, though. If I look up the Mueller report right now in The New York Times, they have interactive video experiences and tabs and this and that and the history and everything. Taking The report, oh, by the way, really exonerates Trump, as right, you know. Right. But they don't portray it that way. And there's this whole like they have thousands and thousands and thousands of things. Nobody knows. Nobody knows Hunter. Nobody knows that laptop like you do. Nobody. There's nowhere really to go for that interactive, immersive experience, you know what I mean? Tabs, this, that, and the other thing. I know there's Marco Polo and they're great. There's a couple of things, but it's disparate. I think, I don't know. I mean, and when people start hearing those Ukrainian names, they get totally lost. It's hard. But I think, and let me know if I can help you, but I think we got to set up some sort of a... Digitize it? A digitize it, a website that is user-friendly, that tells you the whole well, story. We could We could take one or two that exist and aren't perfect and fix them. And it would be a lot faster. So let me talk to you about it. Yeah, because I've gone to there those are, websites. There are a couple that are almost there, but they're not quite what they what they should be. Yeah. And the reality is, it's this whole bunch of confusion. Raskin tried to tried to hurt the credibility of this by saying this document came from Rudolph Giuliani, as if every document I've given so far has turned out to be hundred percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like a hundred percent accurate. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but let's talk Chris Christie when we come back. Okay. okay. Oh my God. That guy. <laughs> I'm the governor. The damn it. He is the, the mirror hog. <laughs> he, 
He really is. Did you see how he walked around that room? He called Trump a mirror hog. I mean, it's ridiculous. We know that. Please in glass houses, you know. He's what? <laughs> he called Trump a mirror. No, I heard that. It made. Uh, he, you know what I did? I, what? I, I I put up a big thing and I said, "People in glass houses, Chris." You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a big ego. All right, we'll be right back with the mayor. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, one more thing on the mess and this joke of a case that they're trying to put Trump through. Mayor Giuliani, I heard that um, somehow they think it's incriminating. Uh, Trump gets a subpoena and he asks his lawyer, do we have to comply with this? And they're trying to say that that somehow is obstruction of justice because he asked, do we have to comply with this? Isn't that what you ask? I mean, well, of course. I mean, among other things, you can uh, pose a subpoena on lack of authority, overburdensome, asking for too much doc, uh, too many doc. I've opposed subpoenas for four people and for myself. Yeah. And the fact, the first question you ask is, do I have to comply? And with how much? Sometimes you don't have to comply with all of it. That's a, that's a perfectly legitimate question to a lawyer. Do I have to comply with it? There are subpoenas you don't have to comply with. They don't have the authority. Like, for example, the subpoenas from uh, the J6 committee, in my view, were all illegitimate. They never set the committee up under the rules of the of the House of Representatives. Right. So you could legitimately cha- challenge it. You had to have a minority member sign off, and they had no minority member. Totally understand. It's just, oh, that's right, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Right. All right. So here's, here's, uh, no, here's uh, Chris Christie. Talking big uh, in New Hampshire. Cut 27, please. Cut 27. Smaller in the way we talk to each other. Smaller in the way we look at each other. Smaller in the things that we talk to each other about. Smaller in the issues that we cared enough to get angry about. Uh, this is a guy who uh, got famous by calling people idiot on the boardwalk. I, I just can't stand it. In other words, he's running for president to make us smaller? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh. What's his, what's his campaign theme? Trump is a mirror hog, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk small. You know, I saw a picture of you and Christie in 2020, September 2020. You helped, uh, both of you helped Trump get ready for the debates. Of course, for the, yeah, for the, the debate when, uh, I think Christie got, uh, uh, COVID right after that. And he was sitting right next to me. Do you think, uh, I mean, like, how can he, how can he account for that? Cause that was four years. I mean, he's in, he's all in for Trump for four years. And suddenly. He, he, he likes to attribute it to, uh, Jan- January 6th. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, he should apologize uh, to him for recommending Ray. That alone should disqualify him, uh, in terms of judgment that he recommended Chris Ray. And tell us a little bit what's wrong with Chris Ray, which I Chris, agree with. Chris yeah. Ray is a, a completely corrupt FBI director. You look at him. How, how could you sit on that hard drive? As a legitimate person, a legitimate law enforcement person, the hard drive is filled with one crime after another, if you look at it. And they're running for president of the United States, and they suppress it. And he knows what's in it. It's absolutely incredible. And he suppresses it. Somehow I am still optimistic about everything, especially when I talk to you, Mr. <laughs> Mayor. We've got to remain optimistic. Wow. Right. It's your show next. I'll see you tonight. Newsmax at 10. Thank you. And make, you make sure you watch. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. 
Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.